Jazz Experience, Season 2. Let's go! Thanks for joining us for Season 2. Join the conversation with Nat, Dez, and friends as they share how to transform culture through family. Hey guys, welcome to the Matt and Des Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. Hey guys, on today's episode, we have some of our great friends today joining us, Mark and Tammy Hawkins, who are just not only great friends, but I like to compare. They're like the Swiss army knife of the kingdom. (laughs) They do so many amazing things and they're great at so many things. But on this episode, we're going to have a conversation about a book that they actually have invested their life in and just a declaration on really family and kids and so much more. So we're going to go on this conversation and let you in on the conversation we've been having together. So Mark and Tammy, welcome to the episode today. So excited to have you guys online. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks yeah, for having us. We're glad to be here. You know, um, when you when you talked about the passion, you know, passion of our hearts and the book coming out of that. Really, uh, our family has always been our primary passion, and we've done tons of stuff in the church. Like Tam and I've been married 36 years. We've been at the Mission Church for 30 of those 36 years. We've wow. been involved with singles ministry. We've worked with the schools, the school we used to have a little Christian school at the church. We worked with that, and uh, lots of different prophetic, things. Prophetic company. Yeah, yeah, been involved with the prophetic stuff at our church for I don't know 20 something years with Dano and some of the others there, and. So it's really been a, a whirlwind ride. And, well, you can't imagine how fast 30 years uh, goes by when you're looking back at it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys mentioned that you started, I don't know how many years ago now, CPR. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what that's grown into? It's so powerful. Yeah, that is definitely one of our precious babies we love. Um, you know, it started out with Mark and I just hearing the Lord tell us to tend to our vineyard. Uh, and we said, oh, okay, what, is, what does that mean? And he said, well, your city is your vineyard. Mm-hmm. Picture your house being your house, and then the rest of your city, all of Vacaville, is your yard. And you maintain your yard. You tend to your yard. You take care of your yard. And so we just be- began to go out into our city and pray at the police department, at the fire department, um, at the businesses and the schools and the churches and the highways. Just you Gosh, remember that one time we took... Um, we were at, went to the waterways, you know, the uh, the canals that lead uh, all the rainwater out of our city. And we went to those canals and and uh, we decided we wanted to pray over the waterways. So we wrote uh, prayer declarations and, and uh, uh, scripture verses on leaves with Sharpies. And then we released those into the water. So we weren't polluting. But at the same time, we were just proclaiming over everywhere that that water goes, the declarations of the Lord. And, uh, and we believe that all of those waterways eventually lead back into every house. Wow. And so when we prayed over the water, we believed that it was a saturation of the water going out, but the water coming back in. Yeah. And you know, people just begin to hear about what we were doing. We even flew in a plane over (laughs) our city and began to just declare the word of the Lord over, over all of Vacaville. I had, I had kind of one day said, you know, Lord, next, next prayer uh, in the city, I would, I want to fly in a plane over the city and declare your truth. And literally within three weeks, <laughs> somebody had a plane and took us up and we were able to do that. So just stepping out into your city, you will be shocked when you take ownership. Uh, when you when you partner with heaven and begin to pray for your city, you will be shocked at the people you'll meet and the things that you do. And so at this point, we have 25 different cities, wow. one in Detroit, 
uh, one in actually Russia mm -hmm. and possibly one in Hawaii, but 25 different cities that are partnering with us the third Saturday of every month from 10 to 11 in their cities and praying. It's just very powerful. So CPR is obviously, we all know what CPR is. That's that, you know, the mechanism for restarting a heart and for pumping life back into a body. CPR stands for City Prayer Revolution. And we believe that what we do in prayer is actually re-energizing cities yeah. for the plans and purposes of God. So our, our premise there is to always speak life and blessing and to call out the blessing of the cities and just to proclaim that back. Wow. Oh, I love that so much. You know, it's interesting that I love and you guys model so good. And it's actually really a, a entry point into talking about your guys' book is that you see the foundation of prayer in the New Testament being between a son and a father. Mm. And so you see family integrated from the beginning of the model of prayer of Jesus as a son, taking up that place of sonship and praying to the father and then modeling that. And you can't have family without having the concept of seeing son and father in mm. this relationship and prayer and this engagement. And you guys do that so well. I love because mm. you, you guys make prayer fun. Yes. You bring joy to prayer. And I think it's just who you guys are, but even how you teach it. And it's just so amazing. It's so contagious, but I, I believe that's how it was meant to be. It was yeah. meant to be yeah. contagious that there's joys uh, as part of this and there's life and, and, and declarations and, and seeing fruit. I mean, one of the things I love that you guys model is that, you know, there are literally prophetic acts, signs and wonders that follow your declaration. So there's, there's fruit involved yeah. in that. It's just not empty prayers, but you actually are making a difference. You're, you're taking ground in prayer and it's just so amazing. And, uh, and saying that you guys have a book and uh, I know uh, you guys have uh, kind of walked this out as a family, but partnering mm -hmm. with heaven, praying for your children. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, I think that is one of the difficult things sometimes as a parent is to know, are we doing enough in our prayer life or how do I even pray for my kids? How do yeah. I pray for my child who's either walking with God or not walking with yeah. God? That sometimes that's that 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 is a, a you know a pressure. Sometimes there's guilt, sometimes a shame. Right. And that's what I love that you've made a practical, what I would say a roadmap onto the into the father's heart of how to be able to engage prayer for your family. Yeah. And one of the reasons why we just felt like it was so important to get you guys on to talk about this, because we've heard so much feedback from parents right now, yeah. the times we're living in so, they're everyone's cooped yeah. up in their house that, you know, their kids, things are heightened and they yeah. don't even know what to do. And yeah. they really, a lot of them feel almost helpless yeah. and hopeless powerless. and powerless, yes. powerless. and how to, Parent their children and don't realize how disconnected they've been until right. now. Yeah. And so I just feel like your book is such an amazing resource for parents. We want to get it to as many parents' hands as possible. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how it how the vision for that book came about? Yeah. Well, it definitely came out of um and is still happening. I mean, the, the, the thing with prayer over your children will never, ever, ever end, no matter what age, no matter what stage they are in. That's a position that you it's, you get on that wall, you stand on that wall, and you pray and you intercede for your family for the rest of your life. Um, and just one of the things that, that the Lord uh, really birthed in our hearts is that, um, have you ever heard that song, K Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be? 
the future is not ours to see, que sera, sera. So que sera, sera means whatever will be, will be. And so we just determined as parents, we were not going to have that attitude in prayer when it came to our children. And I hear so many people say, well, they're just kids. They're just going through a stage. They'll get through that. They'll get through that. You know, there's some truth to that. I'm, I'm not saying well, there isn't. Can I, can I just interject for a minute? That, that, has been, that has been my, that was my kind of perspective for these early days with our kids was that perspective that, uh, well, they're just, just the phase they're going through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Tammy early on locked into these things and said, yes, that may be a phase. But that does not need to become a way of life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Come yeah. on. Yeah. And and so really beginning to partner with heaven, if you will, that's why we named it partnering with heaven, praying for your children, is that already prayer and intercession is already going on in heaven for us and for our kids yes. and for the world. And we are just privileged to be able to join in with a prayer meeting that's already happening. And that we get to be a very important part of it. We're not a sideline. We're not a side dish. We're not just over here in the corner. We're partnering with Father, Son, Holy Spirit and all of heaven and interceding and shaping and forming um, our children's identity and destiny according to his kingdom. Not the counterfeit, but but according to God's kingdom. And so we decided, well, no, I don't want to be whatever will be will be. The future is not ours to see. We may not see all of it. But God does reveal things up to us as parents. We are parents. God made us, you know, Matt and Diz, God made you the parents of your kids. And he made us the parents of our kids. And he did that on purpose. And so um, we, we get to partner with him in shaping their identity and their, their destiny according to his kingdom. And I want to be a part of that. I don't want to sit back passive. I don't want a passive posture. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be paralyzed in fear posture. I want a partnering posture when it comes to raising our kids. And we believe and have seen that we can, our son begin to go through, you know, our kids go through all kinds of things. It's not just negative things. They go through very positive things where, uh, you know, maybe creativity is being shaped in them or a, a passion for the brokenhearted and, and so those positive things happen that we pray into also. But we started to experience some uh, rebellion in our son. And to be quite honest, long story short, short, I freaked out. I'm, the, you know, Mark and I are the prayer pastors, but I freaked out. So there you go. That's just as real as it could be. Uh, when it comes to our kids, it's scary. Uh, I have to just be honest. I was scared. I didn't want uh, this happening to our son. I didn't want to envision him 30 years later, you know, walking away from God for 30 years and then maybe, you know, coming back. And and I began to enter into fear for a very short time, but I knew I was in trouble. I asked for, for people in, in our realm to uh, intercede for me. I got free and then it was, it, the fight was on. I'm like, not on my watch. My son, Dustin, was not created to live this life. This is not God's plan. It's not his destiny or identity for my son. So I begin to partner with heaven again and do war. Mark and I both prayer and intercession in his room when he wasn't home, you know, in worship uh, with the word of God. And I, I'm so very grateful that um, that was short lived in his life because I know I have friends who are still praying for their kids to come back to the Lord. And I know that that's super hard and that's super difficult. But I just want to encourage people to continue praying 
that God is moving, God is hearing, and they will come back to him. Come on. You know what I love? You just gave listeners the permission because we don't really hear this side many times as ministers and leaders, you know, just situations that we deal with with our kids. Sometimes there's so much pressure on a pastor's kid, a Mm -hmm. missionary's kid, even like a pressure on parents. Uh, You know, did I do enough? And, And this is what I love. What I just heard you say, you know, many times we take up the guilt and shame, like we did something wrong, but you know, in, in sometimes in our parent is not anything that we did wrong. Sometimes it's just that the way, you know, some misdirections begin to go, but yeah. you didn't take that passively. You actually picked that up and took it as an opportunity to begin to pray. And out of this, it developed a journey, it developed a passion, it developed, I mean, even a story and a journey out of this book. And I love that you just gave the listener permission. And I just see even those listening right now, just a guilt and shame coming off. That, you know, yeah. many times, you know, these conversations don't happen from a pulpit and you don't see the behind the scenes that some leaders deal with and, and even with their children, but this is real, this is raw. And I, and I love this. I love this conversation. Yeah. yeah. I also was going to say something similar is that I love how you said, and, and you use the language that we're not going to be passive about this. That might be true that our child is going through this phase. Yeah but it doesn't be a way of life. And (laughs) I just love it because um, we can't be passive as parents. I think sometimes where where Matt's talking about the guilt and the shame that causes us uh, maybe unknowingly to operate out of a place of fear. And so we try to manage, manage behaviors. We try to manage our child's behavior so that we don't look bad. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so then we like, we set up more boundaries and if they're already dealing with some stuff, like you're mentioning, like rebellion, that's going to push them farther and farther away, not only from us, but from the Lord. And so that's just, there's so much wisdom in what you're sharing that you tapped into a place like, no, we're not going to just lay down and just let him just run amok, you know, but we're going to get aggressive, but we're going to do it with the Lord. We're not going to try to control him or control his behaviors, but we're going to go to battle at the root, at the root, at the root. So good. There are a couple of different mechanisms for, for, for dealing with our kids. One is behavioral, the behavioral side of it. And really the book is not written about behavioral modifications and those kinds of things. Listen, uh, you know, telling a lie, that's never good, but this isn't about really correcting that. This is really about taking a stand behind the scenes and the behind the scenes stand is the one that actually makes the most difference. So it's important for us to correct behavioral things, but at the same time, we hit life from behind the scenes where prayer is the the foundation that everything else is built on. And so, so then good. you're calling out God's identities over our kids, which are far more relevant than their behaviors, which are also important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, wow. and one of the things we learned that was really uh, that the Lord really uh, helped us with, corrected us on in a loving way, but helped us to see is that we were giving, we were giving the problem and the fear more, air time than prayer time. That's that's the way he turned it. That's what I put in the book. He said, you guys are talking, you're giving it way too much air time. Not that we as parents can't talk to each other and discuss it and, 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 you know, find out what's going on. That's okay. I'm not, I'm not saying you don't talk about it, but I don't know about you. We would talk about it for three days in a row, go to bed every night feeling horrible 
and not sleep well. And then all of a sudden wake up and go, okay, we've talked and talked and talked about this and we haven't even prayed one time. What's up? And so, you know, the Lord was so gracious and kind and said, don't give the problem more airtime than prayer time. Discuss as parents as you need to, but then enter into a time of prayer together also. Very powerful. So good. And, you know, you just see these these stories in scripture of when, you know, when the people of God were passive and didn't confront certain issues, what would happen? It would actually affect their identity. And this is what I'm hearing you say is that we didn't take passivity because many times uh, when certain things are hitting our children's identity and, you know, there's some behavior, there's this whole uh, just swirl of things going on. Uh, many times when we take a passive approach rather than prayer approach, the thing that's actually going after their identity now starts affecting our identity because we're right. dealing with the guilt, we're dealing with the shame, we're dealing with all this before, you know, we're in an identity crisis. <laughs> and so this is the power of what you guys are saying. And I love it. And it's so in the book because it's not taking a posture of passivity. It's taking a posture of prayer. Yes. Yes. And it's a, it's a posture of partnering prayer. You know, Mm. we're not on our own. We're not doing this on our own. We're not fighting on our own. We don't have to have our own personal strength because God is our strength. And and when I get to partner with all of heaven that's already praying and interceding for my child or for my spouse or for my work, whatever it might be, then I'm on a winning team no matter what. And I'm encouraged because I I feel like I'm not fighting this giant on on my own. So can we we talk about that right now? Because I... I this is so awesome. So you were saying that it's not even so much that we are trying to develop. Cause sometimes when it comes to the topic of prayer, I mean, it's such a big yeah. topic even in the new Testament, because, you know, even the disciples, they didn't ask Jesus how to do miracles. They asked Jesus, how do you pray? Cause they understood the source <laughs> of his connection was prayer yeah. and saying that prayer sometimes can seem to, you know, just the everyday believer, just overwhelming. I like, where do I start? How do I pray? And what you just said is that you're just partnering already with the prayers that are already being made in heaven for your mm-hmm. children. What right. does that look like practically? Like, can you give maybe a practical, maybe one or two practical tips of what that looks like or something out of the book? Because I love that you were just coming alongside in partnership. So there's like not so much pressure to have mm-hmm. to try to force and do something on our own. Yeah. So in Jeremiah 29, 11, we all know that verse that says for God knows the plans that he has for us and they're good plans. And so um, really the starting point for, for, for this is to come into an agreement with what God's plans are. You know, so many times we get hooked on whether our, we think our, our children should be doctors or lawyers or whether they should take over the family business or whether they should be, you know, pastors or evangelists or whatever it is. But sometimes, sometimes, and that's all great. But really, what is God's plan? What is God saying? And, and one of the things that we came to to real early grips with was that God was saying that he wanted us to raise kingdom kingdom kids and God lovers. Come so on. foundational to everything else they'll ever so do. You know, if a person loves God with all of their heart, soul, and mind, they will be on track for making good decisions for the rest of their life. And so mm-hmm. we just began, we came in on, on those kind of real basic levels. And, uh, you know, there were all kinds of prophetic words. Our kids all get prophetic words because we're in those communities. And, and that is something that we come into agreement with. This is what God says about our kids. 
Come on. And we just stepped into these things from the very basic thing that we wanted our children to be God lovers and, and, and king, kingdom keepers. Kingdom keepers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how you partner with heaven, because uh, like, for instance, the, the word says that we're, you know, that we're worshipers. And those that those that love God will worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, that's already stated in the word. It's not me dictating how I think my son should be. It's already in the word. And so we just started partnering with declarations that were already in the word. Uh And when our son was struggling in that area with worship, we just begin to say, not that our son's going to be a worship leader. You know, we weren't trying to do that. We were just saying that our son will be a lover of worship. He will worship God in spirit and in truth. He will be a lover of worship and, and his declaration will be, will go all over the earth. And so that is a form of, of, of partnering with what God's already said. Mm-hmm. And so if God already said it and that's his word, then that's, that's the prayer and intercession going on in heaven. Now, if God in that gives you as a parent, especially as a parent, um, you know, specific direction to pray towards their future, that's another thing. But if he's not giving that direction, then we just pray the scripture because we can't go wrong. Like here, we say, we ask that you cause all grace, every favor and earthly blessing to come to to our children in abundance so that they may always and under all circumstances be furnished in abundance for every good work. Well, wow. that's God's word, and I partner with that over my children, and then and I believe for the grace and the favor and the abundance. That's so so awesome. that's how we started that out. That's so good. I love that so much. Can you speak to maybe some parents out there that have young children? Maybe they're, you know, maybe they have toddlers or, you know, four, five, six-year-olds. And, you know, how what kind of tips would you give us as parents speak, you speak life over their identity. And when God starts to reveal that and maybe via prophetic words or things that he's shown you in prayer, right? how do you bring your children into that in a practical way? Did you guys ever do like activations with them or things that really would speak to their identity and what God was showing you about their identity? Yeah. We, you know, some, one of the things that we, that we started early on with our kids, you know, part of the stuff that, you know, that you do as parents, (laughs) you're fumbling with, right? Right. You're, you know, there are really that there are, there are helps that we can always read. But part of this thing that we do with our kids is just out of desperation to do something. And uh, so we used to just like, for example, when Sierra was tiny and then Dusty was little, we would just go into their rooms at night. We always helped them, you know, in bed and get settled and all of those things and prayed with them at night. And but we would just lay down on their beds with them and uh, in the dark, in the dark and just get practical. like. Like, I'd never forget this. Uh, you know, well, what was your favorite thing that you did today? That was our question every night. And uh, and maybe the, maybe the answer was, oh, I had ice cream. You know, and then you think, well, what was it about the ice cream that you liked? And, you know, you just, you start a conversation. And one of the greatest things we can ever do with our kids is to help them be comfortable with conversations with us mm. and with, with their parents, with the Lord. And you just have to start that somewhere. So that's what we did. We yeah. just lay down with Dusty. And well, Dusty, he was not as conversational as Sierra was necessarily, you know, he's a boy. Um, so Dusty, what about your favorite thing today? Yeah, I think it was riding in the truck. Okay, well, what did you like about that? Well, it's loud. 
<laughs> and then we would just talk about that. And then we would just pray together. And, you know, that was just a foundational thing that we did with our kids. Yeah, but it, out of that over time, what ended up happening is is that then the kids would begin to share mm-hmm. different things they were going through at school. Um, well, Sally didn't play with me today and that hurt my feelings. Or, you know, I, I got in trouble in the classroom or you know, they would just start bringing up different things that they were going through. Um, and I remember, uh, you know, one time Sierra, she was really young, like five, and she shared a situation that happened at school. And internally, as a parent, I was thinking, well, every kid goes through that, that case or Ross or all things. Yeah, every kid goes through that. That's no big deal. She'll get over that, blah, blah, blah. Inside, I was thinking that. And I, Holy Spirit spoke up inside of me and said, said, yes, Tammy, for you as an adult, but Sierra's five. And in her little world, what she's sharing with you right now is a, is a type of a trauma. It's, it was, it's devastating to her and she doesn't really know how to process it. And it can become something that trips her up or it can become something that really hinders her and hurts her life. And so I want you to listen to it through those ears and really begin to talk to her about it and then begin to pray with her about it. And then check in with her, you know, every night. Now, how are you doing with that? Or did you see your friend? Or did you did you say you were sorry? Or did they say they were sorry? And you 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 just live it out with them. And you bring God into the scenario. You bring in forgiveness. And you can start introducing all of the characteristics of Christ and how prayer changes things. And then they become friends with their friend again. And, you know, they, they're happy again. See what God did. Um, and those just begin to open the doors for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. No, it's awesome. What I'm hearing you guys say is that, you know, every family needs to have an R&D culture. It's that research and development. That's what you guys begin to practice. What's working, what's not working. So mm-hmm. there's some pressure off that. But in order to create that culture, us as parents, we can't deal with fear or control. What would you tell the parent who's listening, who maybe it's a little difficult for them to be able to build an R&D culture, which is really the way of the kingdom. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Jesus would give the disciples a little bit of that culture and like empower them to do some things. And, and it was, I mean, it, it's, it's a risk. It really is a risk because you're empowering people. But what, what, what are some tips that you can give the listener who's a parent who maybe grew up in the opposite culture? And that's all they know is control or fear, behavior modification. Mm-hmm. How can you bring yourself in that place to be able to create a culture for that, that research development, taking the risk? You know, it's hard to, uh, it's kind of hard to think about helping our kids become different than we are. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what you're saying right there. You know, we come out of a culture sometimes that um, that is not the same culture that we would like to be living, you know, that we see others live. And sometimes we have a pressure that we put on ourselves because of the way we look at others. You know, like when you guys walk in and you have your kids and people look at you and they go, wow, you guys are the perfect parents. <laughs> and you do these podcast where you're actually talking about parenting and stuff. Right. Well, you know, people can can elevate that to a level that says, wow, these guys have arrived, therefore they have something to give. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that our arrival is is a uh is moving. Yes. You know, we never quite arrive at where we think we need to be. We're just on our road to be better than we are. Mm-hmm. For example, with my family, um, you know, we did not have a culture of like actually talking through things. We had a culture, My I was raised in that culture where my mom and dad would, would have some kind of a blow up 
they would, um, you know, be animated and doing all the, the, you know, the conversational things that they did. And then they would both storm out. And about 10 minutes later, they, my dad would walk in and go, okay, now what's for dinner? (laughs) Everything was all, but I thought that's how life was. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're, then you're in a relationship like with your wife and you're trying to, to work through things and with your kids and you're bringing that into a scenario that where that doesn't work. Wow. No, that's not a kingdom way mm-hmm. to deal with things, but that was my way. Mm-hmm. So it's been a process for me to learn how to be a different kind of a person, mm-hmm. you good. know, so that I can get into those. So I, I had the fight for that territory with me at the same time, I'm fighting for that territory with my kids because, mm-hmm. you know, we also are kingdom people who want to break off generational things yes. that could be broken off. And we want to, we want to speak life to the generational parts that we speak life to. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you so having kids, part of what is revealed up in you as a parent is, is some of the, some of the bad types of characteristics or learned behavior that, that you, you've developed from growing up and it really, it really gets brought to light. And, um, and I know like Mark, I, one of the areas I had to fight really strong with is my mom was an amazing and is an amazing, powerful, wonderful woman, but she had a lot of fear um, more than me. And so, so I was raised up in that culture of kind of reacting or getting upset out of fear or a lot of fear. And so when I was, when we were raising our kids, that came into the scenario. It, mm-hmm. it was what I had. It was what I knew. Uh, wow. And, but it really became clear to me how, how bad I was in that area and how much freedom I needed to. So behind the scenes, I would be praying and the scripture over myself and, and going through these times of being set free of that spirit of fear that I, I had been introduced to. And now I was trying to break some of that off of my kids. And unfortunately, some of that got on them because that's, I was processing through myself. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about that some and our son, you know, a few years back, um, he was getting <laughs> ready to speak in front of a group and lead worship. And I'm all nervous and scared because that's how I do, how I've done, you know. And I said, oh, honey, I'm so proud of you. You're just doing so good. Aren't you scared? Are you nervous? And he just looked straight in my face and he said, no, mom, I'm the new generation of Hawkins. I'm not afraid. And I was like, at first I wanted to just like, excuse me? And it hit me so hard, like, oh my gosh, exactly. You know, sometimes you fight through generations upon generations really see the manifestation and the hope is that you just keep pushing and not be passive about it and not feel like you're a terrible parent like I did for a while think I'm a terrible parent I'm so full of fear but at the same time I was trying and working and to be free and now it's manifesting you know later so it you have to just keep in the fight and know that God's working funny thing with our daughter is the same way you know she ended up uh, traveling around the country, speaking to groups of junior high girls, junior high kids in assemblies about mm. bullying. And, uh, and yet mm. she was not, she didn't ever consider herself a public speaker or comfortable with that. But, but every single time she would go up, she would just have to, she'd fight through that and go, okay, this is what I do. I can do this. I'm good at this. Scared out of her mind, but doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yes, we have made progress. <laughs> 
<laughs> so good. You know, I think as parents, sometimes we complicate things so much. And like you said, we have this expectation that we put on ourselves. And, you know, one thing that you guys said that you did that is so powerful and so simple. And I feel like every parent can do this with their children is just being that consistent place. You know, I feel like that really instilled something in your children that we all could do Mm -hmm. and don't have to be super spiritual. You don't have to know the whole Bible inside and outside, (laughs) but just to know that if they feel safe and you're consistent in their life. And just like you said that you, you went in their room every night and you made it a habit. And we know habits become habitation, which create culture. Culture, So it became a culture in your home that mom and dad are safe and I can talk to them and they're, Mm -hmm. they want to hear me and they want to listen to how I'm feeling. And how important is that in viewing prayer as adults? Like if, if our parents modeled that safe place, that consistent place, we're going to, it's going to translate and they're going to feel that in prayer with the Lord. And I think that is so powerful that we do not want to underestimate is just being that consistent place. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Through the good times and the hard times is, is, is remaining as consistent as you know how to be, Mm -hmm. you know, and in your mistake times, apologizing and learning and moving on. Yep. Wow, this is so good. Well, we're going to have to do another episode with you guys. We, we've come to that that time, but I, I want to ask you guys, are there any last thoughts? There is one thing that just keeps popping up in my mind, and it's very simple. I just want to encourage you out there, literally, you know, some of you say, well, I didn't become a Christian until I was 50 years old. My kids are grown. It's too late for me. I, I just want to encourage you. You still are the parent. God has, has made you the parent. And you have a certain authority and identity and destiny in him that, that God hears, hears your heart. And so it's never, ever too early. You can pray for them in the womb. You can pray for your kids before you're ever even pregnant. They're Absolutely. a dream in your heart. And it's never, ever, ever too late. So I just want to encourage all of you out there, never too early, never too late. You can develop a posture of partnering prayer today. And God will hear and partner with you and you can see your family transformed. Could you guys release a prayer and declaration over the listener right now? Because I just feel like as you were saying that, man, there's just a grace. I could actually feel the yeah. presence of the Holy Spirit here right now, yeah. even as we're doing this interview. And so I just feel like if you guys could just release it over prayer right now, that'd be amazing. Amen. And so I'm going to pray directly into this, what I just said, because I'm really feeling that my heart's racing. I just feel the presence of God. And so, Lord, I just pray for every mom and dad out there, regardless of what age that they are. And I pray specifically for those who uh, are like in their later years where their kids um, are already grown and they've made horrible mistakes along the way and they're feeling guilt and shame of of, of, it's too late for me. I've already wrecked, wrecked my kids. I've wrecked my life. Father, I just pray the peace of God, first of all, to rule and reign in their hearts and minds, Father, that you would descend upon them right now and begin to touch them in all of those hurtful places, those places of shame, those places of guilt and condemnation. And I pray, Father, that you'd begin to pour out your healing balm in their hearts and in their minds. I pray, God, that you would just begin to instill in them a hope that, you know what? I can start today. It's not too late. I am not going to be passive anymore. I'm going to begin to partner with heaven. I'm not going to partner 
with my past. I'm going to partner with my present today. And that, God, you would instill power and authority and might and healing. I pray, Father, for those children that were affected during that time. And I pray, God, that you'd begin to touch them in a powerful way, too, and begin to soften their hearts and begin to heal them and cause them to turn back to their moms and their dads and cause the mom and dads to turn back to the sons and the daughters. Pray for a spirit of reconciliation, a spirit of healing a spirit of a father that their latter years truly will be greater than their former years and that they can do family and that they can begin to model family and they can say, yes, we made a lot of errors, but we are stepping into our identities and our destinies of God today. And we are going to fulfill those on this earth and in the generations to come. And so we praise you father for your anointing, for your love, for your forgiveness. We thank you for your forgiveness and we thank you, Lord, that you are moving in families, in moms and dads and sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. So amen. good. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, lastly, where can people follow you, be able to glean from you, and check out some of the resources that you guys have to offer? Well, come on over to our house. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we've got a, a website up that's called Partnering, not a website, but a Facebook page is called Partnering with Heaven. But we're also just in the process of launching uh, a Facebook page that's just called Mark and Tammy Hawkins. Awesome. And, um, you know, we haven't had that before, but we're just in the process of doing that. And, and on that new Facebook page, Mark and Tammy Hawkins, we will have uh, lots of things that we post, updates. We'll have access to, uh, to, the, book. Uh, to the book and, and just uh, some different things like that, different if you yes. want us to come and share, you know, uh, we'd be glad to. Um, all that information will be there. And then also we are on the imissionchurch.com Facebook, I mean the website, and just go under the, the section that says prayer, and um, you'll see a lot of our inf- information there too. You guys have been doing a weekly show with that too, correct? Yeah, we have. Yes, on we've Facebook been doing every, every Tuesday from 7 to 8, we've been doing a prayer, a prayer and worship time. So guys, if you guys want to learn how to partner with Mark and Tammy, uh, specifically, maybe you have questions about starting a CPR, getting connected with them, or having them out to come speak. They are uh, uh, ministers and they do speak, they do travel, and they do an amazing setup, as they talked about convergence earlier, this prayer where it actually activates people in prayer. It's amazing. We've been a part of it. If you'd like to get in contact with them, make sure check out, follow their Facebook page, check them out on the mission, and uh, also we'll put a link in the show notes and also an Amazon link to their book yes. uh, that will be in the show notes. Well, thank you guys for being on the show today. We have to do another one here yes, soon. Yes, thank you guys. We'd love to. It's so much fun. It went so fast. <laughs> it did. It did. It goes by fast when you're having fun. Yes, it does. <laughs> so thank you guys for all that you're doing to pour into families and to help yeah. uh, to help support and to strengthen families. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you guys. That means a lot. Well, guys, thank you for listening to this episode today. Remember, family is where life begins, destiny is found, identity is enhanced, and love never ends. If this podcast has enriched your life, make sure to subscribe. And would you share this podcast with a friend or family member as it will help us to extend our reach? Thank you for listening to the show today. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. We are out. Be blessed.
We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.